Welcome to Living in the Glass, an exploration of Virginia wineries, breweries, and distilleries, searching for great pairings, processes, and influences on the growing industry in Virginia. Now, here's your host, Paul Helmuth. In this episode, we continue our series talking with Gareth Moore. Gareth is the CEO of the Virginia Distillery in Lovingston. In this episode, we talk about their tasting room and what their whiskey pairs with. We also talk about the Virginia Distillery's Cask Society. So uh, the Cask Society was uh, well similar. You asked about uh, the medallion program of uh, people wanting to get to the front of the line. Um, uh, some people don't want just a bottle. Some people want a full cask. And uh, being able to, to, to have a full cask uh, is more than just getting 250 bottles of whiskey, right? Um, most people that, to join our Cask Society... Um, have visited once or twice before. They've, they've gone on a tour and they've said, "Hey, this is this is pretty neat," and I actually uh, want one of my own. And and then they're invited to be part of the process, um, so they can they can fill their own cask. They can pick pick their cask from uh, whatever inventory their empty cask from whatever inventory we have and uh, fill it up to the brim, uh, put in the bung, and uh, and get it out to one of our racks. Um, and then starts the waiting game. Uh, we don't make people wait too long. Uh, once a year, they, they get a sample. And, uh, so far, most people like to do that on site. It's, uh, it's one thing to get a, a small sample in the mail, but it's, uh, it's a lot cooler to, to actually go down into the, to the warehouse and uh, have your sample pulled right in front of you um, and kind of get, get, get to watch your, your, your spirit uh, grow up over the years. Uh, turn from something clear to, you know, in your first year, be a little sweetness from the barrel, a little bit of color. Uh, second year, um, clearly it's on its way become, to becoming whiskey. Uh, third year, it's, uh, yeah, this is something that might be nice in a glass. And by the fourth year, we're going to be telling you, you, you can put it in a glass now. Uh, we're not going to make you. You can, you can, you can let it age longer. But uh, uh, four years in Virginia's climate is uh, it's a good while. So you, you talked about tasting it, and you talked about them coming down about once a year. For yours that you're bottling, how often do you taste it to see how it's, aging so we have a uh, very very rigorous sensory analysis program uh, at VDC uh, which means that we have a panel of about a dozen folks that uh, will go through various samples um, and the warehouse guys will, will pull them put them into little 200 ml um, uh, uh, bottles uh, sometimes our distiller will break them down further into little test tubes and uh, uh, we go through the um, uh, wine Spirit and Education Trust uh, uh, tasting method, that's the WSET, um, and we go through eight different characteristics. We give each a score, uh, one to ten, um, and then using a group of, of 12 people, you, you, you pretty quickly can come to um, a consensus of uh, you know how we grade each barrel, and um, the grading of the barrels isn't the, the, the hardest part. Um, it's, it's really once you get those graded barrels, what the different ratios are of the different um, types of casks and uh, going between different prototypes of uh, those different blends uh, to see what's, uh, what's most pleasing. Um, so in the, in the question of, 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 of how often do we taste, uh, it, might, it might be once a year, but we are, uh, we're sitting on over 4,000 casks right now. So if you uh, take 4,000 on a year, that's uh, several a day that, that need to be tasted. Um, <laughs> it, it, sounds, it, sounds, it sounds like a, uh, a great, great task at first, but uh, it sounds like a lot of fun until you, you really see that it's, it's real hard work. <laughs> 
Yeah, I've, I, I mean, I am sure it's it's hard work, but I'm I'm sure it's not awful work to have to do. Oh, it's not the worst. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what can you tell me about your tasting room? What you all offer there, and then the tours you have there for your distillery. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we're we're very proud of the tasting room and uh, get a lot of great uh, comments about it. Uh, it's, a, it's a cozy place. Uh, I think it's a it's a good place for people to. Uh, enjoy the whiskey and enjoy each other's company in a, in a very nice environment um but when people come they can they can do a tour i uh, do a full tour through the facility um just a bit over an hour um and then from there you can uh, do a tasting um unlike wineries and, and breweries we we um, were restricted by uh, abc regulations on how much we can serve um but we can do up to six um half ounce pours uh, so a total of three ounces um, and six uh, goes pretty far. Um, or alternatively, uh, you can do uh, two full cocktails. And uh, our, our cocktails, uh, while while they're not really um, up my alleyway, they're they're definitely um, something my, my my wife enjoys and uh, some of my friends enjoy. And uh, we've um, we've seen a, a lot of great accolades um, from our visitors. Um, folks that said well i'll never i never really consider myself a whiskey person but uh there's some fabulous cocktails that uh they can walk away with the recipes and say hey maybe i'm converted into a whiskey person uh after this um so yeah it's, it's a great place but i will tell you you had some coffee um cocktails there that mixed amazing with your uh virginia whiskey yeah, yeah. No, we've we've had those um, uh, nitro cold brew uh, on, on tap for uh, for a few years now, and it's uh, been a fan favorite. And uh, it's also, you know, if you're if you're going to the office instead of uh, sitting and having a drink, uh, you know, you can also fill up your coffee mug with it too. So <laughs> and that's that's from personal experience. Yeah, I, I understand. So, wh- how did you all end up in Lovingston? So, uh, you know, Nelson County in general is, is uh, I think, uh, kind of a hidden gem in Virginia. Um, long before we were there, there was a, a tradition of, of uh, craft products, uh, you know, the largest craft brewery in the state being over at uh, Devil's Backbone. Um, it's uh, just over the mountain uh, for, from us. Uh, and uh, you also have Bold Rock being the, the largest uh, cider works there. And so you, you had a lot of uh, local people that were, uh, not just in constructing those facilities, but in operating them, really passionate about, um, you know, not, not just agriculture, but, um, uh, you know, agriculture where we add a bit of yeast. And <laughs> having, having that uh, expertise uh, was a big part of it. But uh, I, I have to say the, the number one thing was just the, um, uh, the beauty of the landscape. Um, you know, if we're in the visitor center, it's, it's, it's a nice building. It's, it's comfortable, but... Uh, it's really the, the mountain, the valley, uh, seeing the rolling hills in the distance um, that, that really makes it for us. Um, and the last piece, the last point about our land is uh, a very obvious thing you need for a distillery is um, high volume of uh, clear and plentiful water. Um, so we're, we're lucky to have a uh, high-quality uh, well um, that uh, serves the, exactly the type of water that we need for distilling. So even the water that you're using is coming right from there. That's right. So it's, uh, it's, it's nice to have something that uh, each component is really speaking to its, uh, its location. Um, and the, the other thing I'd, I'd point out is, is not necessarily about Lovingston specifically, but you know, in central Virginia, the, the climate is very, very similar to central Kentucky. 
uh, we're going to have very hot summers. Uh, I think this, this past weekend, we started to cre- see it creeping up. Um, and we have very cold winters. So in our, in our cask house, we've, uh, we've gone under uh, freezing. And uh, I believe our record high inside was 107 degrees and you know, 99.99% humidity. Um, but when you think of where single malts are traditionally made, if you're looking at uh, Scotland or Ireland or there's certain areas in Japan where they're aging whiskeys, they're going to be a lot more mild. Um, there are going to be climates where if you're uh, visiting as a, as a guest, uh, if, you, if you visit in January or if you visit in July, uh, your suitcase is going to look the same. Um, they, they don't have those climate extremes like, like we do. Um, and so it's those extremes that um, uh, can really impact the maturation and the, the timing of the maturation because the uh, wood in the casks is expanding and contracting. And, you know, if you go on your back deck, you see how it gets a little tighter in the summer as the wood expands. And, uh, you know, around Thanksgiving, if you're walking on your deck, you'll feel it's a little looser as uh, the, the wood is contracting. And it's that movement that pulls the spirit into the pores of the wood um, and then spits it back out and pulls it in. And it, it allows that, that breathing motion to a, um, a lot more extreme than you would in those traditional climates. Uh, so we're getting deeper into the wood. We're getting a, a lot more uh, flavor and color and uh, depth out of the wood in a shorter period of time than, than we would uh, elsewhere. And so I think um, being able to leverage the, the local climate uh, was uh, was really a, a, a practical decision um, of having a great differentiator for, for the whiskey. Well, I, I will tell you, I, I've been very impressed with your whiskey. In fact, I was introduced to it um, at a local ABC store by one of the clerks there who said, hey, I know you like scotches. You need to try Virginia Distillery. So I bu- I bought a bottle of it. It was I tasted it. It was just it was amazing. And I actually spend a lot of time watching a YouTube channel called The Whiskey Vault. And I wanted to send them a bottle and I didn't need to. Someone else sent them a bottle of your whiskey and I don't know if you've seen that episode, but um, they're really harsh on some Virginia Virginia bourbons. Um, they loved your whiskey was that the austin whiskey vault yeah it's uh the uh, wizard academy where they do the uh somali whiskey sommelier school i i believe i did see that one yes yes um there it is i just i i i, I definitely did i just pulled it up on youtube <laughs> so you know that that was that was great um and it actually got us uh, a lot of um uh coverage um not not with traditional press or, or that sort of thing but with just uh your normal consumers and uh, you know the number one way for us to get distribution is for consumers to, to ask their locals uh, about it and uh, we have at least one state um, that we're we're now distributing to uh, because of that uh, uh, that YouTube video I think it's it's great for the Virginia distillery and I think it, it speaks highly for Virginia whiskeys because one of the things that I have seen is a ton of distilleries starting to grow you know we, we've we've had a handful around the area i went over to um fredericksburg several months ago for i think it's was it the spirit trail uh, there was the uh, uh virginia spirits uh, roadshow yes and it, it was interesting the number of clear spirits that were there because 
they hadn't been around long enough to have it aged to have any color and all that. And, and we started going through it, and I'm like, uh, let's see here. Virginia Distillery, Bowman's, and maybe Catoctin were the only three that actually had true whiskeys or bourbons uh, of some sort. Everyone else was still aging theirs yet. But there was there was like seven seven of them there. There's a, there's there are a lot of distilleries in, in Virginia, and uh, in addition to the, the, the CEO hat at Virginia Distillery Company, I'm, I'm president of the Virginia Distillers Association, um, and we um, uh, we've done we've done a lot of uh, work in the past few years and getting the the industry organized and uh, being able to uh, improve our our um, kind of visibility inside the state and outside the state. Um, but we actually have more uh, distilleries, over 70 uh, licensed distilleries right now. That's more than either uh, Kentucky or Tennessee. Um, it's just that they're obviously a lot smaller. Um, Fredericksburg, uh, A. Smith Bowman, as you, you mentioned, uh, that's, that's uh, I believe, the oldest one in Virginia um, and certainly one of the largest. Um, but, but there are other uh, whiskeys that have, that have been around for a good while. Uh, Chuck Miller over at... Um, Belmont Farms and, and Culpepper and his, his wife Jeanette. They uh, they've been making bourbon there for um, I think since the 1980s. Um, Rick Wasserman to Copper Fox. He uh, his original location is in Sperryville and and now he's um, uh, still in, in Williamsburg as well. Um, he makes single malts and uh, a rye and a few other products. Uh, Ko distilling out of uh, Manassas. Um, they uh, they make a, a what a weeded rye and. Uh, um, straight bourbon now, uh, Reservoir Distillery out of Richmond. Uh, they have uh, a bourbon. Um, of course, uh, <laughs> when I say the oldest, the oldest continuously operating one is, is uh, A. Smith Bowman, but uh, uh, perhaps the oldest is at Mount Vernon, uh, George Washington's Distillery, um, and they have the George Washington Rye product. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I go through a list of a, a lot of the, the, the small but really up-and-coming distilleries um, making whiskeys like um, Ironclad, uh, which is down at uh, Newport News. Um, that's a uh, family operation that uh, I believe started three or four years ago, but uh, they're, they're getting quite the following now. And, and they actually bottle theirs differently because I think the largest bottle they have is 375, isn't it? That's right. Yep. Yep. Yeah, because I, I have one of theirs on my shelf that I was like, well, that's the biggest one they've got. <laughs> yep, yep. Well, that's the, that's the King family there. And uh, I guess Owen is the uh, distiller. Um, and then uh, Kara does uh, marketing and all those other things. And, and Kara King is actually the vice president at the uh, association. So we, we get to work together on the, all, the, all the industry stuff. Well, if, if you were not to drink your whiskey, which is amazing, what would your next go-to be? Hmm. You know, I might have to, I might have to cop out and give a, a few different answers, maybe by category. How's that? Okay. No, that, that works well. Cause, cause I would, I would do the same thing. Yep. yep. Um, so, uh, if I was going for a, a traditional single ball, I, uh, I have a good collection of Islas, but, uh, I can't say they're, they're my go-to, uh, except for, uh, the Laddies, the classic Laddie. Uh, I believe that replaced their tenure expression, and now it's just called the, the, the Laddie Classic. Um, and it's an unpeated uh, expression. So somehow they have a process where they're uh, uh, taking something that was originally peated and, and reducing it. 
And uh, I find it to just be a really approachable, really uh, drinkable, uh, smooth dram. Uh, and uh, it's it's not something that's going to be a, a, a traditional kick you in the teeth type uh, uh, type smokiness, but uh, uh, a really nice sense of balance. Um, if I was if I was going to bourbon, um, I would say. Well, luckily, actually, my, my favorite bourbon is a Virginian product. Uh, it's out of A. Smith Bowen, out of uh, Fredericksburg. Uh, master distiller there is Brian Pruitt, and uh, his product's called, uh, well, he has a range of products, but uh, his ultra-premium product is um, the uh, John J. Bowman. Uh, that's a $50 price point, and it is uh, it is delicious. It won uh, World's Best in 2017, and it's not even from Kentucky. Um, in fact, I can tell you a brief story about that. It's, uh, I was I was at uh, Ace Bowman uh, two or three years ago when we were first getting the association going, and I was I was meeting with Brian, and um, well, it would be about two years ago because they had just won that uh, World's Best Award, and I hadn't yet tasted that product. And while I was visiting with him, he he gave me a tour and uh, you know, go through the warehouse at the end, went through a, a tasting, and I went through all his products, and John Jay was at the end. And when I tasted it, wow, this is, this is very, very good. But, but I didn't want to tell him because that was the first time we had met. And I thought he would think I was, I was being patronizing, you know, being an industry and like, Oh, this is so great. Um, and so, uh, and so I wanted to get a bottle, but I also didn't want to buy the bottle there because again, he might think I was patronizing him. So, uh, so I snuck away and, and bought a bottle at an ABC store and I've replaced that bottle a few times. And, uh, a few months ago, I got I got brave enough to tell Brian that story, saying, "Hey, after all this time, you can you can take it as genuine that uh, that really is a fabulous, fabulous bourbon." Um, but if I if I give uh, my, my last category being an American whiskey that's uh, outside of uh, Virginia, uh, also a bourbon, I, I, oldie but a goodie is uh, Old Forester. Uh, that's that's one of the early uh, Brown Foreman products, um, and uh, we get we get plenty of those. Uh, uh, Old Forester casks uh, aging our whiskey. Um, it's a great value, and uh, I think it's just a delicious bourbon. So let's uh, go one step farther in uh, pairing with your whiskey. What kind of foods do you think pair best with your whiskeys? Well, I, I think that that's going to be across the board based on um, the, the different types. I think uh, you know the, the, the current uh, flagship product of the uh, port finished. Uh, um, Virginia Highlight Whiskey, that's, uh, for me, that's on the sweeter side. So I would imagine uh, pairing that with uh, some sort of dessert, um, something that, that is going to complement a lot of the fruit notes, um, something like our cider um, that's going to be drier, uh, less on the sweet side. Um, you know, when people taste our cider product, they say, well, geez, that, that doesn't just taste like apples. Well, that's, that's not the point. It's, it's, a, it's a cider cast. We're not just sticking apples in whiskey. Um, but it's, it's, a, it's a lot more uh, subtle and a delicate flavor. So you know, maybe, maybe you'd put that to, with, with something like a cheese course, uh, something that you were uh, uh, being able to draw some of those subtle flavors out of. Um, but for the, for the flagship Courage and Conviction, uh, you know, we haven't seen the final product in a, in a glass quite yet, but we have uh, pl- plenty of uh, prototypes that we're testing all the time. And uh, I think that one is uh, probably best paired just with, with uh, a glass and, and some good company. That's, I, I will tell you, that's probably, for most of these, that's probably the best pairing you can have with it. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Well, Gareth, thank you for spending time with me this evening. I greatly appreciate it. 
Thank you, Paul. Yeah. Learned a ton about uh, the Virginia Distillery and uh, how can people follow uh, the Virginia Distillery and uh, all of that? Uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, check out our website, uh, vadistillery.com, and uh, that'll also be our handle on uh, uh, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, VA Distillery. Um, and definitely come visit us in uh, Lovingston and uh, look forward to seeing, seeing you there. I want to thank Gareth Moore for spending time with me. Gareth is the CEO of the Virginia Distillery in Lovingston, Virginia. The Virginia Distillery Company is located 30 miles south of Charlottesville, just off Route 29. You can find the distillery and the tasting room at 299 Eads Lane in Lovingston, Virginia. You can find them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. If you liked the episode, make sure you hit the like button, and don't forget to subscribe to the channel so you know when the next episode drops. If you have your favorite winery, distillery, or brewery, please let me know. Until next time, cheers. Thank you for listening to Living in the Glass. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find the podcast on most of your favorite podcast apps. If you have ideas of places you'd like to hear more about or just want to reach out, you can email Paul at paul at livinginthegla.com. Until next time, cheers. <laughs>